Welcome back to the Digitally Connected Podcast. We're going to wrap up a conversation Drew and I had with Representatives Colin Walkie and Josh West on the data privacy bill that they ran in the Oklahoma House of Representatives this year. Just as a reminder, we had some audio issues with Representative West's microphone and just we're not able to actually use that audio. So the conversation here is just with Representative Colin Walkie, and we are so grateful to both the representatives for their time and sharing the work they're doing with us. And we're going to find an opportunity to get Josh on the podcast again in the future. Well, let's get back into the rest of our conversation with representatives Colin Walkie and Josh West on the Digitally Connected Podcast. Welcome to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Herter and Drew Knoll. Technology is integrated into every facet of our lives, impacting the way we work, live, and connect with the people in our communities and around the world. In the rapidly evolving digital landscape, the Digitally Connected Podcast explores future trends from the leading innovators in tech so you can stay informed and stay connected. Now here are your hosts, Joel Herter and Drew Knoll. I'm also thinking how this would apply to, I mean, truly just the everyday consumer. Yeah. And, and Drew and I talk about this a lot, our relationship with technology. Uh, and we're, we're certainly, you know, early adopters, very avid consumers, embrace a lot of what technology is bringing. But we still interact with technology in a different way than our kids will. And it'll be interesting to see the science on neurobiological development and just the way in which their brains are forming as they get used to this. But my kids, it's really funny because we take pictures of them. We have some groups, just family. We post some stuff on social media, but we primarily all the photos we take, we just you know share with grandparents, things like that. But my girls, they're at a point where, where they'll look at us and they'll just say, don't take my picture. And yeah. it's not because they don't want their picture taken. It's because they decide, I don't want you to share that picture. They don't even know what that means. They don't even know what yeah. it means that we're sharing their picture. And so I'm thinking of a data privacy concept in the fact that can I have some sort of confidence that if I have some sort of a private group, if I'm sharing a photo of my of my child with grandparents, that's the only people who get to see that photo. And I'm not sure that I do. I'm not, I'm not sure that, I, that that's true. And this is a really kind of out there question, but this is the everyday thing. This is what people, I mean, this is how people are using this stuff. Is something like that addressed in this legislation? Is that something that you've been talking about for future work? Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great question. So bottom line there is, is the, the way this would work at a very basic level is, is just like whenever you open up your iPhone for the first time for Google yeah. Maps or something, it says, may we track your location? And you say yes, right? Well, the next time you pull up the phone, you can turn that off. And so it'd be the same thing. So if I'm on Google, it's going to have a pop-up that says, may we track your information or may we sell your information? Click gotcha. here to say yes, click here to say no. So for example, right now you see a lot of those still pop up because of the CCPA. And what it says is we collect cookies, you know, opt in or opt out right here. Well, if you just X out of it, you're in. Oh, okay. you, you, you have to explicitly tell them no, or they're going to track your cookies. Okay. I'm curious, just because I'm this way my brain is twisted. I think that there's a lot of people that they're balancing their whatever concern, you know, things like, you know, social dilemma and, and their awareness of those types of activities with 
convenience. And that's the sell, right? That's that's how the Facebooks and the Googles and all the, you know, the massive media, you know, and advertising companies have positioned their value in the space, right? Is it, yeah, you know, we're taking your data and maybe, you know, what we're doing with it's not the most moralistic and, you know, and, and integrous things, but we're providing you with all of these benefits because you don't even have to think about what you want for dinner. We're just going to tell you, uh, and it's going to pop up on your app and you go, Oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. You click a button and in 45 minutes, a door dashers at your house, right? Yeah. How many people actually, once they're educated and go, okay, here's the pros, here's the cons of both sides. How many people actually go, yeah, I'm going to opt out. Cause there's going to be people like me that are like, heck yes, I'm out. I'm with Joel. Like if I could completely, un I mean, my, my ideal setup is I'm in the middle of Idaho and nobody knows where I am. Right. Like that, that for me is utopia. Uh, I'll never get there, but I'm curious as to how many people and what your thoughts are on, on what the adoption of, of people actually opting out are. So that's, that's great. So there are studies that have been done on this opt-in versus opt-out. And it basically shows that anywhere from 15 to 30% of people will continue to opt out. In other words, not even give consent in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it, you are right that the majority of people will continue to opt into this type of stuff because they want those advertisements or whatever it might be. But the first thing that I would say to anybody who raises that issue is, well, don't you think you ought to have a say in it in the first place? And until you have a say in it, it's like Big Brother sitting there, uh, the U.S. government, who may or may not have good intentions, but we know that corporations only care about the bottom line. The second thing I would say is, is that because people don't realize their own foibles, their own biases, their own addictions, their own cell phone addictions, whatever it might be, they are more inclined to continue down this path simply because of efficiency. And that prevents people, it gets people into an echo chamber. It gets people into not realizing that there's more to the world than what's right in between their eyes and what's right in front of their face. And so there's an argument that, yeah, it's great to have these sorts of efficient uh, advertisements pushed towards me, but it also controls my decision-making into the future. Uh, if you go onto YouTube, after four or five times that you watch something, they're going to start suggesting other things. Well, you know, maybe you'll watch those because you're entertained, but at the end of the day, maybe there's something else that you're interested in or should be interested in that you haven't thought about because they just keep suggesting the same things that they know you like. And right. it's all a dopamine rush. You're already addicted to your phone because of dopamine. They make the screens brighter in order to get you more addicted to dopamine. If anybody tried to turn their phone to grayscale without Googling it, I bet they can't do it. Why? Because the magic to turning it to grayscale means that you have to click the side of your phone three times. That's not in the instructions. Even if you get the settings all right, you don't know to click the button three times to make it happen. Why? The phone itself is addictive. That's all they want. They want your attention for as long as they can get it. And so, so long as that manipulation exists, people need to be able to have a say in the first place whether they want that. Yeah, it's that concept, knowledge is power, right? But the reality is data leads to knowledge and how you control the data really leads to the knowledge and what you know about the data is, is in our, the way our society has evolved, how you can control the data that leads to knowledge. That's the true power. And that's just it. Is is in the Wild West that we have right now, that control of the data, since it is power, can get, be sold to anyone at any point in time for any purpose, irrespective of what somebody's privacy policies say. So if somebody wants to sell something yeah. to China, they can. And yeah. now China has power over each one of us to the extent that they have our data. In this policy approach, there's some specific things that you're 
laying out that you're addressing some immediate implications. And then you've talked about kind of the down the road, addressing these issues of echo chambers and the way in which we're being driven to certain content, which informs the way we think and our ability to get outside of the way we we think. And also, it should it should be said that this is the third such bill in the nation. So, so it's one of those leading intervention solutions from the policy level, and we will see it move throughout the country in different states. Think about Oklahoma specific, because this is an Oklahoma piece of legislation. How does this play out in specific industries, specific interested parties? How does this play out and address Oklahoma that might be different than another state? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a that's a great question as well, because one of the biggest objections that you receive from the industry is, is we don't want a patchwork of laws. We don't want 50 states with 50 different laws. We want this addressed at the federal level. Well, I agree. I want to address it at the federal level, too, but that ain't going to happen anytime soon. Right. Um, and so consequently, what you have is, is you have the CCPA in California. You have uh, the Virginia Act that was just enacted. Washington's about to pass their law. The bad side of that is, is they're starting to lay the groundwork to where, where the industry is going towards opt-in because all are opt-out because all of these laws are opt-out. And so what that means is, is going forward, if anybody wants to do opt-in, the other states are going to go, hey, look, these other states are cool with opt-out, so why aren't you, Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's just it, is that somebody has to be the leader in this, just like Apple's the leader in privacy. And that's why we think that Oklahoma is a great place to start that, because Google, Facebook, anyone that does business in Oklahoma that's covered under this act is going to have to comply with it. So if somebody can get out and ahead and implement the gold standard first, which we think we can in Oklahoma. If you can do that, then all of the other companies will have to comply with that version since it's more stringent than the other versions. And, you know, we actually spoke with some groups from the technology industry and what they were saying was, well, we're already telling our customers to do this. We're already telling them at least to do opt out. You know, we're already, there shouldn't be this much objection to your legislation, Walkie, because we're already telling people to do these sorts of things. And so what needs to happen next is we need to say, yes, you're doing it, but there's one little tweak we need to make, which is you need to do it opt in, not opt out. Okay. Just kind of get back on the question I was, I was starting to ask before that occurred to me. This trickle-down effect of the echo chambers and, and just kind of intended consequence of people starting to just be able to consume more diverse ideas. It is beautiful that this was run by a Republican and a Democrat in the state of Oklahoma, urban and more rural districts. This is all of us. One of the things that Drew and I are planning to talk about in the future, too, is that right now we also have a credibility problem with information, information sources. It is just very interesting to me that as you uh, and Josh navigated developing this policy, actually forming language and saying this is what it's going to do, were there information sources that you as a Democrat and you, Josh, as a Republican, you looked at and said, that's credible information that we both trust? And what, what yes. were those? Yes. No. So the first thing is, is that uh, we were able to enlist the help of Mr. McNamee himself, the author of Zucked. Mr. McNamee, having been an insider to the industry, knows the ins and the outs of it, right? So he was able to be a source of insight and information. So that's mm -hmm. the first thing. But then we also reached out to other consumer privacy groups like Consumer Reports out of California, people whose entire business and, and, and industry is dedicated to protecting individuals' privacy. And so that's why when people you know, start saying, well, there's unintended consequences behind this bill. No, this language has been vetted by these consumer advocacy groups, and they all agree that this works. Um, and they're involved in the tech industry, and they know how these things work. 
to your point, information is getting to the stage where anybody can find anything that they want to support their position. Mm -hmm. um, and I try and advocate for people to quit trying to be right and to start being less wrong because we're all wrong. We all make assumptions. Yeah. We all have biases. And if we can just try and be a little bit more open-minded to see how we're wrong about them, it'll help shape that perspective. That's why I go to trusted experts in the field yeah. who have years of experience in this industry. And that's who we worked with on this to come up with a specific language to make sure there weren't those unintended consequences. I think that speaks to a couple of things. One is you've got to go do the work to find the right information, right? Because that, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole thrust of, of the issue that you're trying to address is that potentially wrong inf or what we know to be wrong information from potentially less reliable sources is being put right in front of our face. So you kind of got to get over that hurdle and go find the right information, right? Um, and be open-minded to it that if you're presented with information that's oppositional to your beliefs and opinions that, well, maybe my opinion is less right, right? Uh, right. And, and be open to internalizing some of that information and actually asking yourself some tough questions, which is that social discourse is something that Joel and I talk about a lot. And I know, you know, I'm sure you do as well, that that we're losing that ability to have that discourse and, and actually it, both with another person and internally, because I think there's that discourse that we've lost internally as well because of the echo chambers. Well, if I say it, I think it, it's right. And, and I can put it out there and the algorithms are going to put it in front of people that agree with me. They'll confirm it. And now I know I'm right. You know, yeah. and, th and that's the issue because that's that perpetual cycle that we find ourselves in. And it just gets us further and further apart from one another because we're not having that discourse. Um, I don't know why people are so afraid of being wrong. I mean, I, 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 I agree. Give me a new I, I, information, man. I will change my mind because I would rather my worldview be accurate than yeah. wrong. Yeah. I think a lot yeah. of more, I think there's a lot of single people in the world and that's why they're afraid of being wrong. Cause you get married, you will absolutely know you're wrong. <laughs> well, you know, and, it, and my take on this part of the conversation too, is people actually are pretty good bias filters. They're just not good at filtering their own bias. Right. And so Absolutely. I, you know, I've, I've always suggested and no one's ever taken me up on it. You know, if you're, if, you, if you're a more right-leaning person, only watch the left-leaning stations and, and vice versa, because you, you can filter out the bias pretty well. And then you might actually get the news. I can't get anybody to take me up on that. So. <laughs> You've been listening to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Harder and Drew Null. Make sure to check us out wherever you catch all your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new content we'll be dropping regularly. If you enjoyed the content today, give us a five-star rating. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>